Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org. Well, good morning. Well, let's go again. Good morning. There we go. Um, as Aaron was saying, my name is uh, Jesse Cook. I'm currently a church planter uh, with the North American Mission Board uh, with the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, started out that way, then my role kind of shifted from church planter to church replanter, where we kind of joined with a, an older, struggling church in the area down in Lucasville um, and said, hey, instead of separating, man, let, let's come together and let's see what God would have us to do. Um, so if, if you would, um, pray for us. Um, as replanting is way harder than church planting, um, we are, are continually trying to shift and bring this congregation along with us as we develop new ideas and uh, new ways to reach out to the community. So um, keep us in prayer. Pray that we'd be able to make an impact for the community and for the kingdom there in Lucasville. Um, but we didn't come here for a welcome home party for me, did we? No, we, we didn't come. Now, oh, if you don't know Christ, if, if you're far from him, man, and you come and you want to place your faith in Jesus, we'll certainly celebrate that welcome home party, amen? But we're not here for me, and man, we're not necessarily here for you, right? We've gathered in this place to celebrate and to worship God and to be changed by him, right? That's why we've gathered. That's why, why, that's why we sing, man. That's why we're getting ready to open up his word. So uh, before we open up the word of God, let's, let's just stop and pause for just a moment. Let's ask God to speak fresh to our heart and ask that God would transform us. Let's pray together. Father, we just come before you. And God, we know that you're holy. God, that you're a righteous Lord and that you are good. And God, we've gathered in this place, Lord, to worship you. And God, as we continue that worship, Lord, as we want to hear from you as we study your word together, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and to our minds. God, I pray that we would live for you. Lord, I pray that we would love you. God, I pray that we would surrender all things to you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. You guys have been walking through this, this series, right, called Living Your Calling. And in all honesty, right, everybody asks this question. Everybody asks, God, why am I here? Right? We want to know that our lives matter. Right? We want to know that there is some kind of purpose to it. Right? Like our lives are more than just coming in here on Sunday mornings right, and sitting down and saying, hey, everything going good? Good, good, right? If all we do is come, sit here, walk out these doors, right? wake up Monday morning, get ready for work, get the kids ready, um, and kind of go through the motions of everyday life, but there's not a greater purpose, we've missed something. Right? Life could be really, really boring, and up, quite honest, life would suck, right? If there's not a purpose. Now, we, we do those things, right? But God has redeemed those normal, everyday routines, man, in our lives and repurposed them and said, hey, it's more than that. It's more than just going to work. It's more than just taking care of our kids. It's more than just studying hard at school, right? There is a greater purpose in those things. Why do you get up and go to work? So you can tell those people about Christ? Why do we love our kids well so we can point them to Jesus? Why are we studying hard, man, so that we can come and know Christ better and we can tell the world about him, say, hey, I'm doing this, but man, I want Jesus to be glorified in me. He is my hope. He is my redemption. All of us ask this question, God, why am I here? 
And as we continue to ask this question today, man, and I really believe that this one really kind of serves as a foundation of, of everything that, that you guys have talked about up to this point, right? Living your calling, and the title of this is Called to be Sent, right? So simple put, right? I preach one-point messages most of the time. Well, mainly, that's all I can remember, right? I can remember one point, and if I can remember one point, you guys can remember one point, and if we get one point 52 weeks out of the year, our lives will be different. So called to be sent. Christ called you to send you. That's the idea here, right? That's the, the main purpose of our life, right? So, and this is what I, this is what I know. It's, Pastor Aaron can't tell this community about Christ all by himself. Pastor Aaron can't do it. The small group leaders can't do it. The church staff here can't do it, right? It's not all dependent upon him, right? Christ calls all of us into this role of telling other people about Christ, and I know, I, I can say that, right? That's easy for me to say, right? I'm a pastor. That, that's my job. But even for pastors, man, we get so connected, and Aaron can testify to this, man. We spend so much time with church people that we have to be intentional about sharing the gospel with lost people, right? God didn't design it to be my job. He designed it to be our job. So if you guys would, again, grab a Bible or iPad or, or whatever and um, open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 21. That's where we're going to be today. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 21. So let's read this together. It says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. What we're going to talk about is not Jesse Cook's opinions, right? We're going to talk about what God says about what our calling is. Right? This is not my thought, my desire, my, my opinions. Right? We don't want to say, hey, we should do this because pastor said so. No, no, we should do this because Jesus said so. Jesus said so. So here's a, a couple of, of points if you're following along in your notes. Um, I just want to kind of make about this passage as we discuss God's calling on your life. Point number one, in Christ we are made new. And we'll skip verse 16 for right now and come down to verses 17 through 18. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself. We love that kind of language, don't we? We love that idea that, man, that God is working inside of me. That in Christ I'm made new. Notice, in Christ you're made new. Not in your works, not in your efforts. Not what you're trying to muster up in your own strength, but man, in Christ you have been made new and you've been redeemed. We, we love that. 
right? This is the verse, man, you see this plastered on posters, you see this plastered in, in coffee mugs, man, you see this everywhere. We just love this kind of language. We, we eat this up because, man, this is good stuff. God is working inside of me. The, the, the sins that I've struggled with, they're done away with, right? That he's making me new, that I can boast and rejoice in what God is doing. That's good news, right? I think sometimes that we focus so much on that good news that we miss a little word there. In verse 18, it brings us to our next, next point. We, we get so caught up, man, and, and we should get caught up. Man, we should be overwhelmed with what God is doing inside of us. Right? We should rejoice in him making us new. There's this little word. It says, he reconciled us to himself and... A lot of people like to talk about big theological words and, and words that people um, don't always understand. But man, the more I read the Bible, the more I'm noticing small words make the most difference. This word and, not only in Christ are we made new, the second point that I want to make is in Christ we've been given the ministry of reconciliation and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, the Bible says. And it says that is in Christ. God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Not only does Christ begin to change us, in Christ we are made new with a purpose in mind. In Christ you're made new and given a ministry of reconciliation, right? The Bible says that we are called ambassadors. An ambassador is, is someone who is sent by a higher authority to do the work to a foreign nation. Ladies and gentlemen, that's us. That we, this is not our home. But we, are not, we are not foreign to this land. The Bible says that we are aliens and exiles. Let me illustrate it this way. Um, you guys have probably seen this happen probably more than once in your own house. Um, two siblings are fighting, right? Older brother has taken younger sister to it. I can talk about this really, really well because um, this happens all the time with my two kids. Um, they're fighting, and the brother is being a brat. Everybody seen this play out? Amen? Yeah, okay. Well, we, we've seen this, right? And, and as this younger sister is beginning to fight with her brother, saying, give it back to me, give it back to me, give it back to me. And he says, yeah, you have no authority over me. Who are you? She does what every smart kid does. I want to go tell mom. Amen. And she walks in and she tells mom what's going on, right? Hey, mom, Bubby stole my toy and he won't give it back to me. Mom looks at the little girl and says, you tell him I said to give it back, right? She struts back in there to her brother, right? Because now, hey, I'm not going on my own authority. Uh, mom said give it back. What happens, right? He drops that toy or he's going to get beaten. One of the two things are going to happen, right? We, we see that happen, and that, that's kind of what the Bible talks about us. We're not going to people on our own thoughts and our own opinion with our own authority saying, hey, you need to be made right with God. We're going to people saying, hey, God has given me a message, man, and I'm telling you, God is saying that you're not in a good place, that you need to be reconciled. Not our authority, man. We are called to be sent. 
right? That when Jesus saved us, he saved us to send us, man. It's always been that way. Let me show you a couple of scriptures real fast. Um, This is Jesus's plan from the beginning of the ministry. This is Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, beginning of Jesus' ministry. He says, and he said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Jesus calls these disciples to himself and he says, hey, follow me. And you'll, you can, then you can take your spot on the pew. No, no, follow me, and then you will have all the joy, peace, and, and happiness that you want. No, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. From the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, that is played out with what he has called them to do. Not shy about it, right? At the end of Jesus' ministry, in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, this is 28, uh, 18 through 19, it says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Amen? Jesus has all authority. We don't have to be shy about that. He says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus begins his ministry with saying, Follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And he ends the, the gospel ministry in Matthew saying, Now, go. Do what I have done Continue on with the mission that I've given you, that I've been preparing you for these three and a half years. Acts 1.8, one more verse. It says, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We love talking about the Holy Spirit, right? We love, we, we, we seek him, we want to be empowered by him, but why does he empower us? One of the purposes that you are given the Holy Spirit is so that you will be a witness for Christ where you are, to the neighboring communities, and ultimately to the ends of the earth, right? That's why you have the Holy Spirit of God living inside you. So so do you guys see this? Like, Scripture is saying to us, man, that, that God's purpose from the beginning when he saved you is to send you. That God called you to send you. That, that If you've placed your faith and trust in Christ, man, he's done that with the purpose of, hey, it's not about you. I've called you to myself to send you out to do the ministry. That you've been given a, a ministry. Not only have you been given a ministry, verses uh, 20 through 21 tell us that in Christ, we've been given the message of reconciliation. Right? That not only the ministry... But the message, listen to what he says here in verses 20 through 21. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, right? God making his appeal through us, as we said, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God, right? Evangelism or living out your calling or called to be sent is about a message that you have to share, right? It, it literally means you have to open your mouth, right? There, there's this whole talk about, you know, preach the gospel always and when necessary, use words. I don't see that in Scripture. Jesus lived perfect. Jesus still opened his mouth. He still spoke verbally to those around him to get across the gospel message, right? The message is good news to be proclaimed, Right? And in Christ, we've been given the message of reconciliation. Man, that we're begging people, that we're imploring people, be reconciled to God. Here's what Paul says in Romans chapter 10, verses uh, 14 through 15. He says, how then will they call on him in whom they've not believed? It's a good question, right? 
How are they going to call on him? They've not believed. And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Here's the beauty part of that. We have been sent. We have been called by God to go out and to minister the grace and the goodness of the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who are far from him. Right? The evangelism is about us opening our mouths and, and talking to people. This is the basics of the message. It says, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Right? That's the gospel in a nutshell. That God, who is perfect, would send his son, who knew no sin, to take the sin that we deserve for us. So that, for this reason, because that way we can become the righteousness of God. And, and listen, right, we can talk about this, but there's, there's a seriousness to this calling, right? This is not a trivial matter. For those who profess faith in Christ, this is not a small deal. Man. This is a, a calling that we must be committed to. And listen, I, I say we, right, because I'm including myself in this. All of us get busy. All of us get, get kind of sidetracked, and we get caught up in doing other good things. But sometimes we miss the purpose for which we're supposed to do them. Let, let me kind of explain it this way. When we think of, of missions, we tend to think of traveling overseas, which is, is true and good, right, and well. Um, but reality, North America is the third largest mission field in the world. We often don't think of it that way. Let me bring it closer to home. Some statistics I got off of uh, off online for you. Um, 74% of Ross County, that's roughly 58,000 people, um, profess no religious affiliation at all. Pickaway County, 79%, 44,000. Um, so even in, in those percentages, th- those are really, really high. But in the percentages that claim some religious affiliation, that's any religious affiliation, right? So it doesn't just mean those people are Christians. That's anybody who claims a religious affiliation. So you're talking 100 plus thousand people who right now, right, if they take their last breath, They die, and they go to eternity without Christ, and they go to hell. That's hard. When you talk about living your calling, right, those numbers, they're more than numbers, right? Look to the person next to you. Look around, right? When we're talking about 100,000 people, we're talking about people just like you in this room who have families, they have friends, they have souls, and they don't know the hope found in Christ. Without him, they go to hell. So this is not a small matter for us. This is a, a heavy, weighty matter for us. We can't just sit idly by. And here's what I know. Pastor Aaron, those who lead small groups, my, myself included in, in this, man. But we cannot take the gospel to all those people. My county is just as bad, about 57,000 lost people inside the county. Um, we're unable to preach the gospel to every one of them. 
But man, imagine if we took serious this calling. Imagine if we said, you know what, I'm going to be faithful and commit my life to the ministry that God has given me because I'm in Christ. And we marched out of here like an army to take the gospel to the counties, right? To take the gospel to the nations. We need to take this seriously. Here's what I know, right? And I think a lot of times when we talk about evangelism, when we talk about um, doing mission work, and we talk about what does that actually look like in day-to-day life, um, we have this tendency, right, to say, well, that's good, man. That's right. We, may, we should do that. But you don't know who I work with, <laughs> right? You don't know that guy. You don't know, man, you don't know what I deal with with some of these people. Right? When we begin to write some people off as unreachable, True story. Um, that was the story about me. There was a, a pastor's kid who was in my graduating class, um, and it was years after we graduated. Me and Bridget were sitting at a, a wedding together with her, and I uh, was talking, and she looked at my wife, and she had tears in her eyes. Um, my reputation in high school was not that great. Um, but she looks at my wife, and she goes, man, when you think God, and there's some people who just don't have a chance, God can do amazing things. Right? I was written off as a, that dude has no chance at all. Right? That dude is far too gone. You guys, you guys know what I'm talking about? Like, you guys have people like that in your life that you say, man, that person, that people group, man, they are just unreachable by, by Christ. Look at the guy who's writing this letter. Right? We're talking about the Apostle Paul. Dude killed Christians. Right? When, even when he becomes a believer, like, they don't want anything to do with him. Right? They're like distancing themselves. Like, hey, I don't want nothing to do with him. It's a trick. It's a hoax. You know what I mean? He's just going to come in here uh, and send us all to prison. They'd written him off. Then what Paul says, and what I love about this text, in verse 16, why I wanted to come back to it, it says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Like, here's what Paul's saying in, in that passage in, in verse 16. He says, hey, I looked at Christ from an earthly perspective. I looked at Christ, that he was a, a lunatic, a liar, a, a idolater, that man that we need to stamp out everybody who followed him. I looked at him from my point of view and my perspective, and I was wrong. He was not a heretic. He was Lord. I was wrong. He said, man, because of that, I don't look at anybody that way. I don't look at anybody from a worldly human perspective, man, because our eyes don't see right. Right? We don't see correctly. We don't see things the way God sees them. And so I think a lot of times when we talk about evangelism, we talk about this need to share the gospel with people. We can say amen, that's good, right, and well, let's do it. But we don't always commit because we say, well, I don't think it's going to work. We need to have our eyes right. So look, again, here's the main idea. In Christ, you're made new. In Christ, you've been given a ministry. And in Christ, you've been given a message. Right? In Christ, he does those things. He called you to send you, right? Living your calling means called to be sent. But no matter what we talk about, <coughs> excuse me, no matter what we talk about, right, unless, unless we do this, unless we kind of walk through um, some kind of practical, well, how do we do that? How do we, how do we share the gospel with somebody that will never get around to it? So I'm going to ask you a, a question, all right? And my church is really 
bad at this sometimes. So when I ask a question, you can respond. It's okay. It's not rhetorical. What's the number one reason that you don't share your faith? Anybody? Why don't you share your faith? Fear? Rejection? Anybody else? Ridicule? Absolutely. Busy? Don't feel like you know what to say? Heckling? Okay, yeah, any of those, right? And, and a lot of those have to do with primarily with speech, right? I don't know, I'm fearful because I don't know what to say, right? I don't, I don't think I'll have to have all the answers for everybody. I don't know if I'll be able to do that. So what I'm going to do um, real quick here is walk through a PowerPoint presentation with how to share the gospel. And what I love about this, right, um, for you guys who are techie, um, it's really, really funny. I think I'm like the youngest old person I know. Um, this is high tech for me. I usually write my notes out in a notebook, um, so, and I still read books, Aaron, so uh, <laughs> go back there, okay, yeah. But this is a, what this PowerPoint is, uh, this actually is a mobile app that you can put on your phone called Life on Mission, it's completely free, um, so you can begin to walk through that with somebody. Um, so what I'm going to do is just take a couple moments and just kind of walk through um, this presentation with you, um, and then kind of interject some thoughts as about, man, how can we be about sharing the message? Like, I, I don't want to just say, hey, you need to be faithful to your ministry. I want to say, hey, here's how you can do your ministry effectively, right? The, the role of a pastor or a preacher is to equip the people for the work of the ministry. And I'm saying, hey, your ministry, no matter what calling you have is to share the gospel. So let's walk through this real quick. So the, you're in a conversation with somebody and you begin to talk to them um, and then you want to kind of bring them into the story. So you can hit um, the next slide to where it comes up to says, uh, pass that one. There we go. So you want to start off with God's design, right? And you can draw this out, or you can start here, and you begin talking about who God is. And that God is the creator of the universe. That God is this God who made the world and everything that we see, and we see evidence of that, right? Just by looking around with our eyes, you can see that there is a creator. And not only that, the Bible says that this God made us in his image. And this God is holy, and that he's loving, and that he's righteous, that he does good. Right? But there's a problem with it. God designed a world that worked perfectly, but yet we rebelled against God. So you can go ahead and hit the next slide. You can, if you're drawing this or following along, you would say this is, this is what the Bible would call sin. Right? When we've rebelled against God's way and his rule in our lives. And we said, hey, God, I know that you're the creator. I know that you've said things work this way, but I think I got this. Right? I, I think I could do this myself. I don't really need you to do this. And so the Bible calls that sin. Right? When, when God gave us commandments to follow, thou shalt not lie, we said, but if I tell the truth, you know, I'm going to get in trouble. So, so we lie. Hey, don't steal. Well, it's much easier if I take that instead of working hard for it. Right? Hey, don't commit adultery. Well, God, I, I just can't help it. Right? That, those don't fly. Those are a rebellion against God. And that's what the Bible calls sin. And that leads us to a place of brokenness. So you're going to go ahead and hit the next slide, right? And then you begin talking about, hey, all that stuff that you're experiencing in your life, everybody knows somebody who's going through something hard right now, amen, right? We know people, we know people who's going through this, and this is where we begin to say, hey, why this is happening, why we live in a broken world is because of these first two steps, man, God created the world to work a certain way, we said, forget that, I'll do things my way, we sin against God, and it leads to a place of brokenness, and we see this every day. We feel this every day, right? And not only that, the Bible says it separates us from God and that we're placed in a position of wrath under God. 
And you see the little arrows kind of going from it. And that's kind of resemble, hey, what we do, we, in a billion different ways, we try to fix the problem on our own. Right? We say, hey, I got this. I'll, I'll fix it. I'll remedy myself. I'll, I'll do this or that. And it leads us nowhere. Right? It leads us to a place of longing and searching. So there we are, right? Hopeless, broken, a place of, man, I feel lost, and now I'm under the wrath of God. At that point, I need a remedy. Right? That's where we talk about the gospel. You have to emphasize those first three points in order for the good news to make good news. If you don't talk about who God is, what sin is, and the brokenness that it leads to, the remedy, the gospel, makes no sense. But in the gospel, we say, hey, you know that God who created us that we rebelled against? Even in our rebellion, because of his love, he went and died on the cross for our sins. Right? He became sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Right? Jesus Christ came 2,000 years ago, died a death on a cross, took the punishment for our sins, then defeated death by raising three days later from the grave. Right now, opens a way, the only way for us to be made right with God. But it's not just enough to hear that good news. We have to repent and believe. The gospel calls us to respond. Right? The gospel calls us, man, to say, hey, I, I see this good news. Now I want to act upon it, man, that we have to turn away from our sins and turn towards Christ. Place our faith and trust in Jesus to save us and to redeem us and to rescue us, right? That we are not able to do it on our own. And that brings us back to a, a point of recover and pursue, right? And this is, I, I, love, I love the fact that it goes this way. The gospel does more than save us, right? It's more than a get out of hell free card. Right? The gospel now redeems us to recover and pursue God's design for our lives. Right? And this is what this series has been about. Living your calling. Right? We've come full circle here, right? So you go ahead and hit the next slide. Um, it has a couple more pointers on the app, man. If somebody does profess their faith and trust in Christ, what to walk through with them, um, you know, leading them through some kind of prayer, being with them, not leaving them by themselves, right? Often when people come to faith in Jesus, we celebrate and move on, right? But it goes on to that. So you've got to hit the next slide as well. But it talks about getting them connected um, to prayer, to getting them connected to a local church, to, to Bible reading, man, and to, um, to share what has happened in their lives. The gospel's end in your life is for you to recover and pursue God's design. And that's what we've been talking about, right? That's what you guys have been talking about, that God's design for your life. Why am I here? Living your calling. Like, we don't get a step away from this reality, right? It's not as if we end with the gospel message, man. It has a purpose not only to save us but to transform us and to redeem us and to send us out back into the world. He called you to send you. And part of living your calling is living to be sent. Here, here's my challenge to you as, as a church. Imagine if, if everybody here said this week, I want to share this gospel presentation with one person. Right? Just one person. And you commit to that week after week. It's a lot of gospel conversations to be having with people. But think the community will look different? Think this church would look different? Amen. It would transform us. My challenge to you is to commit to that. Now, if you're not a believer in Christ, right, if you've 
maybe been to church all your life, man, and you, but you've not taken that step of repentance and belief in Christ, man, I, I implore you on behalf of Christ, I beg with you on behalf of Christ, you may not have another moment to confess him as Lord, right? We are not promised tomorrow. Man, we have a moment here and now to surrender our hearts and lives to Christ. If you don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, man, if you're, this is, whole concept has been foreign to you, man, I, I invite you to give your heart to him now. Let's pursue this together. Let's pursue this calling together, right? The, the Lucasville here, wherever God sends you, let's be faithful. You guys have posted up here, every believer can minister. I'm going to change that for just a moment and say every believer is a minister. You have been given a ministry. The question is, are you going to be faithful? Are you going to be faithful to the ministry that God has called you to? Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant. Another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churcht.org.